podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. SBK Edge Rush drops every week with me and Propo demonstrating, well, why there is such a gulf, quite frankly, even in NFL terms between Generation X and Gen Z. We get you set on the sharp side of the week's action with our favourite looks, tips and steers. Yep, there are Propo's prop bets. Of course, there's our SBK Edge Rush Acker and naturally the most important battle of all, me and all going head to head with our Drew Locks of the week. So if you haven't already, check out me, Propo, and occasionally Coco and Pebbles over on SBK Edge Rush. And no, Propo still hasn't watched The Wire. Welcome to the Nat Coombs Show. It is Monday, which can only mean it's Iron Mike Mondays. Over the next 60 minutes, the big man joins me to get you set. All the key things, the only things that you need to know based on what happened in week nine in the NFL right here, right now. Let's get down to it. Iron Mike, week nine of the NFL. Rate it on a scale of one to 10 based on your enjoyment of it. Sort sort of a sort of a high three. Oh, it's a high three. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, sometimes sometimes I I don't even enjoy it. Um, in the in the sense that the only pleasure I'm getting is being snarky about you know ver- various things. And we and love you I, being. Snarky. I know I want to do my referent. Um, oh yeah. Now on that, I'm glad you mentioned referent. So Propo and I have been talking, which I know is will surprise a lot of listeners. If there's any kind of preparation to this show, uh, you got an option. You got an option A or B. Mike, you're allowed. You're allowed a referent. We're going to give you a referent. Um, so it's going to be 60 seconds max. You can knock yourself out. You could do it at the top of the show, or you can. We well, can do- end on it. We can cut out. It could be the headline act if you want. Well, let's do it right now while it's still, <laughs> still on. Um, Propo wins the side bet we had. I said, I reckon Mike might leave it to the end. I reckon I can steer him that way. He said, well, not a chance. Reason, yeah, the reason I say let's do it now okay. is that it has a serious point because people are saying, well, why are games so low scoring this year? Yeah. And there are a lot of reasons. There's a shortage of quality quarterbacks. We've had a, a number of guys hit the wall at the same time. Um, offensive line play has been bad, which I put down in part to lack of practice, you know, both in terms of causing injury and not having lines play that well. But basically it's the referees uh, primarily. And <laughs> we heard about the point of emphasis about illegal contact, right? And and there was a play called back, I think it was in the Chiefs game, for illegal con- illegal contact, mm-hmm. which was contact, and you know, and it is illegal, but there's illegal contact on every single play, up and down the field, and it is not called. There's pass interference all the time, and it is not called until it gets called. And then everybody screams that Brady gets the gets the call because um, because Mike Evans was basically being held from behind, um, tackled in effect uh, on that play. It's pass interference, but it, but it was going on all day and it wasn't mm-hmm. called. And then you hear the commentators talking about what good coverage it is. Now I understand <laughs> yeah, sure. that they're they're interpreting the way that teams cover nowadays, mm. but it's not press coverage when a guy beats you. And you grab him from behind and pull him back. Oh, what great press coverage he had. That's not press coverage. It's poll coverage. You know, at, at, the like, risk, at the risk of prodding the bear here, is there not an argument to say that, and you, you made a point that the commentators are saying, well, this is what 
is allowed now by a lot of crews. I take your point and you and you, yeah. you've made it for many years about the inconsistency. And to some degree, of course, there's a difference between inconsistency per crew and inconsistency with the same crew in a game, which is the most maddening of all. But right. is there not an argument that the game has changed? More of it is allowed. And the calls that are made, if you remove the, the wild inconsistency, are we'll let you get away with a few, but that's egregious. In, in well, except, way, except that it's... Like, just to draw a parallel, like if yeah. you're watching football... Yeah. watching soccer and the ref will allow a couple of late challenges that are fouls that in other games might be given a yellow straight away that he might give a yellow down the line and says to the player Look, any more of those fellas and, and i'm gonna i'm gonna card you and right. then goes ahead and does is there not a chance that's happening in the nfl it's exactly what's happening in the nfl um and i can remember the days when i used to complain about football that like every picture you saw in the sunday papers Guys were holding other guys, mm -hmm. right? What's the rule in football? Shoulder charge is good, but you cannot use your hands. Right, right. <laughs> so, but they do all the time. They pull the fish, they grab, they it went on a freak out on a corner, everybody's grab, you know, uh, bear hugging the guy, the guy in front of him. It's the NBA. The NBA NFL referee is like the NBA now. It's mm. purely a question of degree, and the degree mm. is completely subjective to the officials uh, mm -hmm. Now there are the double secret interpretations or, or um, what, what do they call emphases that the league is putting on certain things. And those get called flag, 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 because everybody wants to please the supervisor of officials. Mm -hmm. But otherwise it, it's, it's just madness uh, mm -hmm. out there because, you know, a defensive back, as I keep saying, doesn't have to catch the ball. The receiver does have to catch the ball. Was it, it was Joe Mixon's TD. Was it the one-handed one so. one catch? Was it Joe Mixon in, in, in the end zone? Um, mm. It was a running back in the end zone, made, made the one-handed catch. He had to make a one-handed catch because the guy had his right arm, <laughs> right arm locked to his side. Him. He was literally holding him by the bicep. Uh, it was bicep. a Ric Flair move. All right. Uh, he's, and, yeah. He's... So, I mean, this is, this is what I'm talking about mm. is that when it becomes – when there's a set rule, look, the rule is that after five yards, you can't touch the player. And then they say, while well, the ball's in the air, if you touch him while the ball's not in the air, it's a hold. If you, if you, if you do afterwards now, okay. Touch is a bit much, but when you're literally, when you're literally in contact with him, holding him back, when you're, when you're slapping his hands down, when you're, when you're doing this to it, just to his face, pushing his, you know, it's got to be a penalty or else mm. you, you can't do it. They're, they're giving them holding. Mm. Um, at the line of scrimmage. I mean, the number of holds, really obvious holds that, that were going on and not called. So the quarterbacks are getting the advantage of holding. They have the advantage of not be, you know, of getting uh, roughing the passer. Yeah. Um, they're running the ball, which makes roughing the passer an even tougher call because you you don't know if you can tackle the guy or if he raises his arm, all of a sudden you'll be roughing the passer. So, <laughs> sure. so, ba so basically, um, you know, I just think it's crazy. It's just completely crazy now. It's it's seven on seven skeleton football mm. played by NBA rules, and mm. and you know, wow, it's going to be high scoring. Except, mm. except it's <laughs> the not. It's the lowest scoring eight. season in history. Hey, there is some upside for all this, Iron Mike, and, and point taken, points taken. The upside, I think, overwhelmingly for me is we get to see more of of, of Dean Blandino, and Dean's got jokes. <laughs> What I worked out last night, if you see Deed start to flex the gags almost every time, the gags, I, he uh, he great. did he did because it's like there's nothing he can say. He's oh. he he used to be like the Ron Ziegler of of the NFL. Ron Ziegler was Richard Nixon's press secretary, right? You know who would come up and 
<laughs> spin, spin stuff. It was Fantastic. insane, but yeah. it ra- was a rationalization. It's like now we, I think mm-hmm. he's just kind of given up. Gene Steratore tries still. Pereira's uh, <laughs> still got the you know the mentality to keep to keep doing that because uh, basically their first instinct is to protect their fellow referees, and it, it is yeah. a tough job. I mean, I, I I understand the pressures that they're under, you know, mm-hmm. and and you're also you're being watched by millions of people mm-hmm. who have the benefit of slow motion replay you know and there's there are times when the when the replay gets so pedantic that you Mm. just think you know that should be a touchdown or something like that and i thought one of the most impressive moments was austin eckler's called back touchdown run Mm. which was an act of brilliance by eckler yeah he was rolled oh it was incredible kept kept his balance and got his feet down and the first angle you thought oh my god he's pulled this off and then absolutely and and you saw the replay but arthur smith who was on that other side of the field where the the second replay came from Mm. and across the field either he saw it or somebody in the booth saw it for him and told him and he he was standing there (laughs) going like this You know, and, and like someone from Mars who came down would say, like, why is he hitting his elbow exactly. like that? <laughs> but it was yeah. Austin Eckler's elbow that had gone down. So that that's that's my rant over. Okay, um, all right, right. It was it was slightly I'm, over. I'm glad, I'm glad the sky cam. I'm glad the sky cam that fell out of the, the sky cam. Yeah. Didn't, didn't get yeah. didn't get penalized for excessive celebration because it was standing there on the side, you know, literally like ten feet off the ground with it going like this. And I thought John Merritt was gonna run out on the field and get the reference to flag it. I uh, love it. The guy right. who was pulling the cable in, I thought was Sean Payton. It's unlikely. I thought, so that's what he's that, doing yeah, this year. Sneaky undercover. Go Sean back Payton. and watch the replay. He looks just like it's like when uh, who's the who's the brilliant actor that went off and became a cobbler in Florence for a, uh, Daniel Day Lewis just gave up yeah. acting and went and became a cobbler. That's what Sean Payton's just given up the coaching business and he's there, the camera. <laughs> up. Uh, all right, let's start. I'm Mike, and we've got a, a lot in the mailbag as well, so I'll be, I'll be weaving Good. those in from uh, from the crew. Love the uh, bag, love the bag at the NC show. If you want to follow suit, uh, I'll start with the AFC East right now. I'm Mike. Is the AFC East the best division of football? <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? I mean, the Jets should have lost. <laughs> the Dolphins should have lost. <laughs> you know, it, it's like the Patriots shouldn't have lost because like, they were playing Sam Ellinger and and the Colts. But you know, they weren't. They were by Didn't no convert, means one third down conversion in the entire game. Just yeah, to, they, just they, they were by no one. No means impressive um, in that. So that's hard to say. I mean, I, I would. Ooh. There is no best. Because, okay, let's let's put. Is that a reasonable answer? The, let's put the case. Well, they, that is a very fair answer. It's a very reasonable answer. The case for the um, the East being the best division. Obviously, the Bills. Let's not read a huge amount into into them yesterday. The Jets. Well, they, we were told were going to fall off a cliff when Brees Hall went down, but actually, the the ground game looked okay, and obviously, the defense is balling. The Dolphins are six and three because they missed two for three of those games. They could conceivably be. Unbeaten. Well, that's that's a bit of a stretch because they really? they they've had a couple of fortunate wins, shall we say? Okay, well, we all get like rubber I, the green sometimes. Like I but, say, okay. it would be quite easy for that game to have gone the other way. Um, yeah, well, but also uh, they blew that. They blew a number of easy options as well. And there were a lot of your favorite ridiculously gutsy calls from McDaniel, right? A couple of times when he was being perhaps over aggressive on the on the calls. He, yeah, that that's true too. He. Um, Although you knew that on the second, the second one that he was, uh, he was definitely going to do it. Interesting, mm. interesting stat here. Um, yeah. Hill and Waddle combined have one thousand nine hundred and sixteen yards in mm-hmm. nine games. They're the second duo mm-hmm. to do that. Do you know who the first was? I would put my hat on 
Reggie Wade and Marvin Harrison? It's a good guess, a really good uh, guess, but it isn't. Um, Charlie Hennigan and Bill Groman oh, in, in 1961 <laughs> for the Houston Oilers at 1950. <laughs> and, and the quarterback was George Blanda. Orlando, wow, deep dive in the archive there, I might. Yeah. Where are you on? Everyone's talking about Hill. I mean, he's on pace to, to your point with the numbers and Waddle uh, right behind it, but he's on pace to have the most prolific season of, of any receiver. Where are you on this Miami offense? Fair point, I think you make that. Well, five yeah. out of 10, that could have gone the other way, but they're electric to watch. I, I think I think what's happened, and, and when they got Hill, I mean, everybody was saying, you know, this is great. He takes the takes the top off defenses, which mm. which Waddle can also do, which which is one of the reasons they're so effective. But but I think the real the real thing was Hill's real strength in um in uh Kansas City was basically the Y cross the the long slant route across across the field. Hill and Travis him. Kelsey running that, you know, in ver- in different variations, which is not far away from the Shanahan the Shanna clan um, <laughs> kind of offense, which McDaniels, which McDaniel runs. Um, and he's tremendously effective in that. And it looks like what's happened is that they have gotten the line now more or less in sync with the kind of blocking you need, the zone blocking schemes that you need for that, that San Francisco style offense. And they're doing it without a blocking tight end per se, um, mm. for, you know, for most of the time. But that's why they got Wilson from the Niners, why he signed Mostert, um, former Niner, because uh, they know that offense. And they know how to run within that offense, what they're looking for, where the where the cut is. And mm. that combination, I think, is is really effective. Tua, Tua will ha- still has his moments of inaccuracy. Yeah. Especially when he's running, I think. Um, and... Um, or when he can't actually plant to throw the, he throws a really good long ball, but he has to be set, set to throw it. Mm. So, so that's kind of the, the, the area where you, you would attack them. I was surprised they didn't run the ball more against Chicago, to be honest. Um, you know, but they look good when they were doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they, they looked fine doing it and and maybe controlling the ball would have been an answer. But the, the other thing about that game, the dolphins aside Mm -hmm. is, you saw Fields basically playing a single wing kind of offense, um, you know, somewhere between single wing and college read option, which is what Malik Willis was doing um, for for the Titans. It was what Mahomes wound up doing for the for the Chiefs. Um, you know, not it wasn't designed that way, but Mahomes was taking off quite a bit against the mm. Titans, and it was his running that really made the made the difference in that game. Fields does that quite a bit for the Eagles, although the Eagles have been really impressive with the way that they've um, switched their offense around every week. Well, yeah, that's interesting. They're adding. I want to ask you, we're going to get to Eagles a bit, a bit later in more detail, yeah. but just on fields and and, and that uh, the approach, because a lot of people have said inevitably after the performance yesterday, they've got their guy now because they're letting him play the way he wants to play. They're playing to his strengths after all of the ridiculousness with Matt Nagy, early on and even for a lot of this season now finally they are letting fields play to his strengths how sustainable do you think that's going to be long term well it's the way the league is going um you know and then what they're doing is picking up from college football um i mean 
it's the same kind of thing as Buffalo. How long can they keep doing it until Josh Allen gets creamed? And, but isn't Allen a better passer? I mean, that's what I mean about. And again, oh yeah, yeah, but but they still they depend on him being able to run. You know, and that's for sure. because because the Jets are so good at stopping the run. And you know, people talked about the the, the Bills him. needing another running back instead of Singletary, but mm. I'm not sure that you know that getting another running back a big running back w- would have helped them that much against the Jets the Jets are really tough up front and they mm-hmm. did a great job of of stopping that run to the point where Allen had to run the ball because that was really the only place where they were getting they had openings yeah. um, to run it it's it'll work until you know the argument used to be that you couldn't run those kind of things in the NFL because the defenders are better drilled they're better athletes um, you don't find the weak spots so much that, as you do in college. I think these guys are proving that that's not necessarily true. But the the basic problem is still if your quarterback gets injured, you're in a lot of mm. trouble. You know? But don't you also need that injury notwithstanding? Don't you also need the at least relative versatility of of Lamar Allen? Mahomes certainly the balance that this and talk oh, yeah. that field specifically. Do you feel yeah. he's got no, enough of th- enough that's, balance? That's 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 absolutely true, and that and that's what you said. That was the problem with Malik Willis. It's the problem with Mariota. Um, mm-hmm. He was really Tennessee. Um, sorry, Atlanta. You know, should have won that game if Mariota had hit a couple of passes where he's a set passer, you know, and he, and he just threw, he threw bad balls. And that, that's, that is the, uh, the question. All these guys that we're talking about are, are, you know, Mahomes, Allen are really, really good passers. Mm. Um, Fields isn't yet, but he's got a strong arm and, and, Mm. you know, and Claypool didn't do anything in the game particularly, but, you know, he should evolve in that, in that system to give him, uh, to give uh, Fields an out, you know, Hertz is a decent passer. Um, and the way they scheme is making him more effective, and AJ Brown is making him more effective. Do, yeah. Do you notice the AJ Brown snark? Because <laughs> mm. <laughs> no Tennessee wide receiver caught a pass. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wrote it down somewhere. Uh, he said something like, "You know, they they need they need new." Um, uh, I, I, I repeat, I repeat, nobody's mm. open. <laughs> <laughs> that was AJ his tweet. dropping some shade. And, yeah, AJ's uh, caught. I mean, he's he's caught. 43 passes for 700 and something yards. You know, mm, it'd be interesting to power rank. Maybe we can look at this next week, having a look at all the off-season deals and work out midway through the season. Yeah, who? Because uh, obviously, yeah, I mean, Howie Roseman to me is a lock for executive of the year. Oh, um, is he? That that's kind of you know, it's it's not. You know, I wouldn't say that the Philly coaches are locks for coach of the year just because the mm. team's undefeated at the halfway point. But Roseman's a lock for executive of the year. He's made well, so many good moves for that for that team to put them where they are. We're going to talk coach of the year in a minute, actually. But just stay on okay. the East for a minute. I'm going to dive to the mailbag. Drew Boyle. Hey, Drew. Uh, he asks, with the flaws and, and shortcomings notwithstanding, and I think that's pretty true, all of the NFL, right? Uh, maybe Philly not. Oh, we're Philly. talking about Kyler Murray now? Why we'll, we'll go <laughs> different kind of shorts. You, you, We're gonna come to him. <laughs> gonna come to him in a minute. Drew asks, can all four of the AFC East teams make the playoffs? So the Patriots are currently bottom of the East at five and four. So we thought that the West might be a division that could propel all four to to the postseason, but it could be the East, Mike. Well, 
Yeah, how many teams make the playoffs now? Twelve. Twenty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The NFL's dream. Sixteen. You get, you'll have thirty-two teams, and, and like uh, you know, twenty-eight of them will finish either eight or nine, or nine and eight, and, and uh, all but four will make the playoffs. It's like the Euro um, Cup. In I think that's going to be difficult. Stages. Mike, have you seen the Euro Cup? The, the Pats in the, the Pats stages. aren't that good. Mike, it's like the Euro Cup in basketball in the group stages. I think 11 of the 12 teams make it through. The, the group stages go on about nine months yeah. and every team but one makes it through. It's amazing. Yeah. Kevin and I, Kevin and I used to do the, you know, the, the Euro League and, and, yeah. um, and we used to do the together. We would do it separately. We'd each do a game a week separately. And then we, we would do the final four um, live basically, nice. but off tube um, yeah, okay. with me doing the play by play and, and Kev doing it doing the col- the color which oh, was good times that was always a lot of fun one of my one cook. of my favorite gigs um i bet i bet <laughs> yeah i mean i don't think so because i think the patriots are going to have you know they're five and four yeah they can beat bad teams um based on the coaching uh the best i um you know i don't i don't think they have the wherewithal to get through i think miami is the best challenger of that, uh, you know. Um, See, I'm the sure Patriots there's... running, so they've got. Oh, well, they got the Bills twice, but although the last yeah. week of the season, so the Bills might have locked up the, the East by then and will be resting. Well, you don't know. They've got they got the Vikings this weekend. We're going to be covering that as part yeah. of the talk school coverage, of course, on Sunday. They've got the Cards, the Raiders, the Bengals, and the Finns in the mix as well. Now, so. Yeah, the Bengals and Dolphins are the two key games there. You know, if yeah. they get their act together. Um, because right. because the the Bengals are going to be their competition. The Bengals are five and four right now. Mm. Um, now you would think the Bengals will you know be able to beat the Browns again and and um, and the Steelers. Um, the Chargers are five and three, so you know they they conceive they should have one of those playoff places if things go the way they've been going. Mm. Where there's no guarantees. So so there's you know you've got Kansas City and the Chargers. You've got the Titans. Um, you probably got Baltimore and Cincinnati. So that's five teams right there. Buffalo makes six. Mm-hmm. The seventh place probably goes to the second place team in the East, which is mm-hmm. probably Miami, mm-hmm. you would have to think. Um, I'm not sure the Jets' offense is sustainable. Although, boy, they ran well against the Bills. I didn't I didn't really expect that. I, yeah. I thought the Jets plus 12 and a half was one of those sneaky covers. Um, yeah, I thought that yeah, I didn't think I didn't think Tennessee plus 12 and a half was was going to cover simply because Malik Willis was was at quarterback. But, yeah, they, but the Chiefs rarely cover the spread, though, that, you know, in the Mahomes era. It's right? true. Prop O's got a good stat about that. Yeah, he might even whack think, it up on our chat. Yeah, you'd think Mahomes had enough money without betting. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. To, I'm going to go to the Chargers next. That was one of my one of my questions for you. Yeah. OK. Sleeping on the Chargers. Yeah, to an extent, but the Chargers are the Chargers are a bigger tease than Michelle LaRock, who was like my <laughs> my girlfriend when I was sixteen or something. Michelle like LaRock, you're making that up. <laughs> it's her name. It's her name. Her sister Celeste. Her older sister Celeste. <laughs> Were you in Almost Famous, Mike? Is that, is that based <laughs> no, on your, on no, your life? No, but I took I took Michelle LaRock to see a, a was it Icelandic or Danish a movie called Hagbard and Signy. Oh, which was this amazing. kind of medieval. I would say, and you know how sister, to treat a lady. <laughs> her sister Celeste chastised me a couple of days later for not having taken advantage of Michelle in the movie theater <laughs> because I was watching the movie. <laughs> Only you would, as a 16-year-old, would take a date to an Icelandic 
I don't know precisely. I can't remember precisely. It was some kind of Nordic country. Um, it was and subtitled. But anyway, that relationship I mean, the, the Chargers, the Chargers, you don't know how they do it. Um, mm. Because, you know, without I thought I thought Atlanta was a good bet here, um, yeah, me too. you know, and they were getting three. So it wound up being a push. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I just couldn't see the Chargers generating enough enough offense and and the the thing that surprised me was that they were able to stop atlanta's um uh running game but you know that play that game kind of revolves around khalil mack taking the ball away from drake oh, london what a play. Of the, what a play. You know, inside the 10 yard line it was um it was it was just a, a great play and then dicker the kicker the NFL throws out these great stats on Monday morning. <laughs> Dicker the kicker is only the third rookie kicker since 1970 to convert two game-winning field goals in the last two minutes or overtime for two different teams. Mm. I won't even ask you who they are because one's Brian Johnson last year and the other's Matt McCrane mm. in 2018, who are the definition of kind of like practice squad. Jobbing kickers that are kickers, bounced, yeah. yeah. But, but all three of them are, are in the last four years, which tells you that the expanded practice squad means that <laughs> sure. kickers are even more fungible than, than they used to be. Than they were before, yeah. Um, that so, that Mac play was, was incredible because, and I think the comms made made the point, but uh, as Ben did, of course, uh, as we, he was analyzing the, the draft class coming into the NFL, just the physicality of London. If you think you pick any receiver where that's least likely yeah. to happen, even against Khalil yeah. Mack. I mean, that, that's not like that's that. not supposed to happen, um, yeah. but it did. And and I mean, Justin Herbert, as as we talked about, I think two weeks ago, you know, is one of like the four great quarterbacks in the league right now. The four, you know, exceptional quarterbacks in the league, the four guys that, that you that you can trust, uh, mm. you know, or if you give them enough help. And and really, he made he made a lot of that with with a secondary set of receivers who, yeah. you know, Atlanta's not a great defensive team in, in, in the secondary, but they're good. They're you know, they should have been good enough to win that game. So, yeah, I think the Chargers will hang around. I, I think they'll probably they have the advantage of Las Vegas in a, a complete tailspin. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which nobody really expected. And Denver's not that good either. So. Yeah. Hot take. <laughs> the, um, the, uh, the as you point out as well, the Chargers banged up, too. So that'll be interesting to see when they get a few more pieces back. Let's let's go. Well, let's go to the coach of the year discussion because you've been flying the flag i'd love to see that list the coach of the year well well, your guy brian dayball's on it what you want to do what you want to do is is put all of those topics Mm. like onto separate pieces of paper and put them Mm. in a drum oh just wheel them out yeah then just let's go to coach of the year coach of the year well you love brian dayball well i I, i've been saying dayball's number one number Um, one and Vrabel, yeah, that's exactly right. Vrabel v. Dable, yeah, you know, and um, McDaniel in the mix. Josh McDaniels, Mike Josh <laughs> <No>. McDaniels. <laughs> McDaniel be could be could be in a few more weeks. Kevin yeah. O'Connell is mm. is got to be kind of popping his head head up into the conversation. What well, forgetting um, the Vikings? Talking about Nick one of the Sirianni. best records, despite the fact they, they yeah. Nobody's talking about Nick Sirianni, but he he probably deserves you know um, well, how he's Sirianni a credit though. there. Yeah. Um, Any who is there anyone else? Um, well, I guess you got to think. Andy I mean, Reid doesn't get Allen enough credit. The Jets keep... Andy Reid doesn't, doesn't. Well, yeah, Andy exactly. Andy Reid has gonna... balls of steel. You know, when they went <laughs> when they went on that fourth and one, 
you know, at the like the 50 yard line in the last what was what was it just over a minute to go or or so or under a minute to go you know mm. if they don't make it they're handing they're handing um Tennessee yeah. a field goal chance you know with one first down to yeah. win the game in regulation so you know I, I I sometimes I just you know sometimes you criticize Andy Reid for you know getting away from the run game which he did I mean yeah it it's wasn't working <laughs> it's a great point you make actually that because we see this a lot with quarterback coaches that have worked with Brady or Rogers or, or similar that they don't get the credit that they necessarily deserve. And this is true, I guess, when you're looking in the coach of the year discussion and the chiefs are right up there. Nobody's talking about Andy Reid because it's Andy Reid because he's got Mahomes because he's got a star studded lineup. Do you think that a coach that has a clearly talented bunch and they live up to their billing and they become one of the, the key contenders versus a day ball who has an underwhelming bunch on paper, but but they play up yeah. for him, which is yeah. a more impressive achievement. It's a good point. The the latter always gets the in football at least kind of gets the attention. Andy Reid is like Bill Belichick. Mm. He he is in control of the team. He's not just the coach. He's the de facto general manager as well. And he builds on a churn continuously, you know, to keep the team in contention. Now he, Belichick doesn't have the quarterback that he, you know, that, that would be able to do that um, for them to be up at the top contending. But those guys don't tend to get the the kind of respect that others do. You know, McDermott mm. should probably be up there, but he won't. He won't. But Pete Carroll should be in the coach Pete of the Carroll year. Pete Carroll definitely should be for, in the, for the same for that same reason. He's taken a team nobody expected to win and put them into the into that position. You know, in some sports, it almost always goes to the guy who wins or or takes an unexpected team to second or third, you know, mm. um, but, but football's, football's a bit different, you know, if, it's weird. Um, Cause the baseball argument right now is the MVP uh, Otani versus judge, you know, and mm. judge had a, you know, hitting season for the ages. Right. Otani had, I don't know what it was, the fourth or fifth best hitting season and the fifth or sixth best pitching season at the same time. Yeah. So in, in baseball, Winning doesn't matter that much in the MVP kind of thing, mm -hmm. because there's this understanding that the best player, as opposed to necessarily the most valuable, you know, so, yes. um, but it, but football is a team sport, you know, so mm. quarterbacks automatically get the MVP awards unless there's a really good reason why they, why they shouldn't. But um, in football coaching, I think because of the team thing, it's it's like once you've got your team set, then everybody looks for somebody else to mm. to to get the award. But you know, I still think what Dable's done with the Giants is, and we should probably have to talk about Salah. Check out our brand new fantasy show, FFS, where every week I'm joined by the fantasy guru, James Sandrini. Yep, I gave him that title. And yes, he does burn incense, meditate, listen to panpipe music, where every week he looks at key matchups, injuries to be aware of, and trends that he's spotted across the NFL to get you set for fantasy battle. So whether you're in a league with your mates, playing for big prizes over in our DraftKings Listener League, or like me, desperately trying to avoid coming last in your league once again, FFS is the show for you. Drop it each and every week throughout the season. I would say that's the top for Carol definitely is in the mix. So those three, Salah and McDaniel, I think I would have yeah. as my my five. For yeah. and, and Mike Vable, I just don't know. You know, he does it with smoke and mirrors. And mm. This guy has, what, for four or five years at Tennessee, he gets every team to play down to their level. Mm. They wind up playing the kind of game 
that he wants, the only right. kind of game that the Titans can win. How does he do it? I, well, his defense is, you know, good bend and rope break. With Kansas City, I pointed out last week um, somewhere that Vrabel knows Kansas City really well because, he, co- you know, he, he coached there briefly um, mm. with, with Andy Reid. But um, he they play good defense. They're really tough up front. They're kind of like the Jets that way. I mean, nobody kind of notices, but they through his whole era, they've been really tough um up front so they without that many superstar players right that's no and you know and the idea is to get Derek henry only ran the ball i mean they had no possession it it was insane they um they only ran 48 plays in the game Mm, you usually run about 60 in a game the the chiefs ran 91 yeah the chiefs almost well the chiefs more than doubled their yardage um first downs were 29 to 9 Wow. You know, the Chiefs, they were one for 11. The The Titans were one for 11 on third down and 0 for 1 on fourth down. So that's one for 12. And the Chiefs were eight for 19 on third down and two for two. So that's 10 for 21. 50% <laughs> is what you're kind of aiming that's for. Cl- you know? That's an overtime game. Hey, that's one more than the Colts in today. So go Titans. <laughs> third down. <laughs> and Henry only carried the ball 17 times. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and ran well. You know, it, it was it was amazing how, how they do. They force mistakes. They make you play kind of like with your left hand um mm. unless mm. you're left-handed which and then <laughs> I, get, I get i get the analogy let's go back to twitter uh, i like this one this is a good one this kind of brings us to the aforementioned josh mcdaniels who uh mike i don't think despite your protestations will be considered for coach of the year but of course he is on the hot seat so <laughs> i want to look at hot seat uh, action uh, and uh, tie that in with the uh, brit soxer who's got in touch with us and he's got a picture of matt jones and with a handle like that he's got to be uh, very much uh, a Boston guy, I'm suggesting. Uh, and particularly when you read his question, Mike, when will the Raiders fire Josh McDaniels so he can come home to Foxborough? That's yeah, a friend of mine, one, one, one of my college teammates, Pete Clark, who lives mm. down the road, a piece here, said the same thing. Um, Mac, jo- Mac Jones looks like he's playing scared. Mm. And I think part of that is because the offense has him playing scared. The the offense is trying to keep him from making mistakes, and um, you know it. It, it was, it well, was that's so a, Mike. That's just a great point, actually. That you, you know you bring up Mac Jones's obvious regression year on year. Yeah, and I know Patricia and Co have been in the firing line and the butt of jokes, but must be a big part of it, right? That he's just not getting the that's, requisite direction it, that he needs. If, if it's yeah, and and if it's not play calling, it's it's got to be support. Right. You know, it's it's got to be that sense of of um, we're going to make, you know, we're, we're here. We're going to make you make you better. You know, just do just do that. Uh, yeah. Now, why that? You know, when you watch the Raiders, the Raiders have blown three 17 point leads this season. Mm. And that's ridiculous for any coach, you know, and that and a lot of that's got to be on on the coach. You know, I'm I don't know whether the, I, I can't see them ditching McDaniels after one season. That's how you know, bad the season gets, though. Yeah, I mean, but you you almost have to, but but everyone thought that this is you know this division, the AFC West, was going to be a really good division, and yeah. and you couldn't hand the Chiefs one, and you couldn't hand the Chargers two, mm-hmm. and it would be Vegas and and Denver kind of fighting it out for three. But you know the four best quarterbacks in the league, or or the division, the, you know the best quarterback division in the league, blah blah blah. Russell Wilson hasn't done much. He hasn't been able to get Carr free to do much you know it, mm. it's strange and and adams 
far from far from igniting the offense. They 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 don't have Waller. Yeah. Uh, Ren, Renfro is clearly not the fit. player he was last he's year. Fit is he? I mean, he's, no, it doesn't. Does just doesn't look it. So so they're they're real they're really struggling. And you know, yeah. I think they want to play the run game, but but but, but they can't. Um, but you've made an investment there. It'd be really mm. unusual. For, for them to fire him. And then it, I don't know. Do you come back to New England, which is in some ways a huge admission of failure? Second time around, I'm not sure. Or do you go he, to John Carroll University or somewhere and coach there? You know, yeah, or, or hipster. It's a good point because he was the, I guess, considered the heir apparent for years yeah. with Belichick, right? So yeah. maybe if they tell him, like, okay, this time if you come back. Well, the problem now is Belichick's got his son as the, um, ah, yeah, it's the yeah. Paul Brown syndrome. You know, he's got his son as the, the, um, defense defensive coordinator and mm. uh you know it, it might it might be that uh that Steve Belichick is going to sort of be the next in line which mm. which without saying anything about Steve Belichick who I you know who I don't know and you know might well be but I just can't see that working um you know what I mean the, he, the Frank Sinatra he, Jr. problem yeah kind of um but to me and I you know to me, it's 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 got it's got that same kind of um, uh, that's that same that same kind of vibe as the Belichick assistants who go on elsewhere and, and mm. fail because they try to be Bill. Yeah. Um, and that kind of that kind of mix doesn't work um, in terms of handling players because you can't back it up with the record of success, you know, right. and, and knowing knowing everything. Um, that that Belichick does, you know, mm. and, you know, maybe they'll do, but maybe he could do better because he's younger and you know in touch with players. Um, yeah, I I don't know, but so far Josh in Vegas is like Josh in Denver. Denver. Yeah, 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 yeah. One and done. I wonder. I, I do, you know, I do think it's if it if they go two and fifteen. Well, what are they on? Have they got more? Than, what well, are they on? They got and, two. And wins? you remember when Denver let him go, Spags hired him as yeah, his offensive coordinator when Spags was the head coach in St. Louis. Mm. That's interesting. So, who else is on the hot seat then? I mean, what's is? Uh, we're looking at. I guess we've got Kingsbury's got to be there. I doubt it because of the contract. And the deal you know, and they were stupid. I mean, they should all go. <laughs> Kime should go for giving <laughs> Kyler Murray the contract and, and giving Kingsbury the contract. Um, you know, Kingsbury should go because I don't know what, you know, I don't know what they're doing, but it's certainly indiscipline is part of it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, nobody mentioned in commentary as, as Brian Allen kept snapping the ball over Kyler Murray's head. They didn't need to give Murray that contract. Murray threw a little hissy fit yeah. and they, they caved. Um, so my headline, I think, in the Patreon column was something like Keem, Keem, Cliff, Cave to Kyler. <laughs> it was like the KKKK, which is great humor. Um, uh, defending it for a sec, though, Mike, because you said earlier on in the show, and, and quite rightly so, that this is an era uh, and, and, a, and a, a generation where there aren't many great quarterbacks or even very good quarterbacks. So oh. when you know you've got, we think you've got one, shouldn't you just lock them in? Well, you could lock him in the next year, though. You know that they yeah. still had two. They still had two years. Um, yeah. To to play with. Um, now, yeah, I agree. You probably don't want to go to that second year, which is which is franchising him after his rookie contract is done. But you know, 
They had gotten better each. They had gotten better each season, but still, what was happening was that teams were catching up to them as the season went on. And you know, now that was not all Kyler's fault. But you could see in the game yesterday. You could see in the game last week. Teams are defending him the same way, and they Mm -hmm. have no answer for it. Mm -hmm. They're they're rushing. They're rushing like a horseshoe rush, and and you know, keep those outside guys there and push him push him in even if even if you don't get to him yeah um and, and it's working you know i think if i were arizona the thing King, kingsbury would probably need to do is to go to more designed run plays for him mm. um as a, as a way of opening the opening things up um because you yeah you can't depend on on waiting for him to break pocket and and then um get the yards i mean steve wilkes is probably gone in carolina Unless mm. you know, there's some huge turnaround there because he hasn't he hasn't been the answer. I would I would Lovey think in Houston. That, do you think I would what Lovey in Houston? Lovey's got out. So you, mm. you just took the words literally oh. out of my mouth. I, I think Lovey Lovey's got to go. Um, I, I still think Tampa might pull their season off in in December, and Bowles will be safe there. And yeah. I don't I I. I'm not sure whether the problem is Bowles himself isn't doing enough with the defense or whether he doesn't have any say over the offense. And I'm not sure what Leftwich and Brady are doing because I'm assuming Brady has a good say in, in what, but you know, there was a long period in that game where it was as if they were listening to the idiot reporters who were saying the problem isn't that they can't run the ball. It's that they don't run the ball enough. Mm. But if you can't run the ball, there's very little motivation for you to run the, you know, (laughs) if you're averaging 2.8 yards a carry on and you're giving your guys like 14 or 15 carries a game, there's very little motivation for you to run the ball 25 times at (laughs) 2.8, but they were doing it. They were running on first down. They put, they put, what's his name? Um, Smith, the uh, the rookie um, Vaughn Smith, mm. in um, and they they ran two first down. They ran second down. Brady throws uh, on third and short for the for the first down. Um, they did it a couple of straight times, and then they then the pass goes incomplete, and, and they and they've got to punt. Keyshawn um, Richard, Richard, what mm. Richard White um, mm. was doing the thing, and Keyshawn Vaughn was was playing, so I was getting them getting them mixed up. Mm. Um, and, you know, uh, yeah, you've got to get the run game working because, you know, you need to have that. But you you um, you have to you, you have to go with what's working. And if if play action is going to work, yes, you do have to simply run, even if you're not gaining yardage. But then you need to pass the ball. You know, mm. it's the time to do that is on first down. Um, until they start expecting it on first down, but you know, you don't you don't establish the run by running on first down and second down and then play actioning. You, yeah, you, you do it by running play action on first six. down and then yeah. coming back with a run. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're less, they're least expecting it. Or less Just on the on the play calling, uh, Mister Robot at the NC show. The Bucks couldn't get anything going until the last 44 seconds, to yep. your point, Mike. What it looked like, they just gave Brady total control of deciding and running the plays. Is that the way forward for them for the rest of the season? Well, Brady, yeah. I mean, presumably he's got the power to change the plays at the line of scrimmage anyway. I, You will note yeah. that I've been screaming, where's Scotty Miller for a number of Scotty weeks. Scotty Miller! And Scotty Miller made those two sidelines catches. Well. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Scotty Miller made those two sideline catches and stepped out of bounds, which took, mm. you know, meant that they gained about 25 yards in six seconds. Um, you know, and which is, you know, how is he, how do you get so open? You know, I mean, why aren't they use? why aren't they using him more in, in the middle of the field? And then of course, Brady got the pass interference call or, you know, Mike Evans got it, you know, which had everybody screaming, Oh, they gave Brady an interference call. But we dealt with that at the beginning of the show. Um, I thought the Rams could have somehow made a first down, <laughs> you know, because because Brady bombed out on fourth down with a minute. What was it? Forty five. Mm-hmm. And then got the ball back with with just about a minute, 57 or whatever it was uh, yeah. left. So they used less than a minute. The Rams um, yeah. for three, three plays and a punt. I mean, that that's what cost them yeah, the yeah, game more than, more than anything else. And I loved uh, Kate Otten running. He ran a whip route. I ran the whip route when I was in college, but no one called it the whip route because it wasn't a route. Um, but especially on waggles where I was, I was supposed to run it down and out or, and what they call a dig nowadays, but it was, it was basically just down called down and out. And what I would do, cause teams sort of knew it was coming. So I would get off the line of scrimmage and then go up to it was supposed to be seven usually a linebacker would be generally be covering me. Sometimes a safety would come up, but I'd go right up to them and make contact, faking to go inside and then spin and go outside. Mm-hmm. And the coaches, our coaches called it the WTF, are you doing? <laughs> Move. And I said, but it gets uh, me open. And and the quarterbacks who I could talk to, which didn't include our starting quarterback, who wouldn't talk why, to me. Why couldn't you talk to him? But our friend our freshman quarterback. What do you mean shrug your shoulders? There's a story of that. That line. was up to him, not to me. I don't know. What, what was his name? Pete Pansiera. He's a good Pansiera. quarterback, too. Yeah, Pete Pan- decent quarterback. Yeah, High Street Pete, he was called. Maybe that's why we're <laughs> In homage to, Joe, to Joe Namer. Um, but anyway, you know, <laughs> yeah. my, my theory was, and I, I used to say this on Channel 5, my theory was if I had my body between the defender and the football, I should catch it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, nowadays, that's not so true because the guy can come up and a bear hug you, no, and they'll go. say, "What great here press we coverage!" We've said, "Yeah, you'll admit it." But you know, but that was the case. So if I could spin like that, and the guy was stayed with me and stayed behind me, I was gonna, I was gonna catch the ball, and it was better yeah. than using my, you know, slow guy, fake left, go right kind of thing. Mm. But um, I loved Auden did that, but he did it behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs> it's like he went. He was the the wing back in effect. Mm-hmm. So he went in for his block and then whipped, spun out and ran and ran along the line. And it, the worked, it worked yeah. like yeah. a charm. It was fantastic. Love that. Love that. All right. I'm going to go uh, to Twitter again because we've got to talk Green Bay. And I want to talk about the NFC North as well. So we're going to throw the question at you. And also, Ollie uh, was chatting before the show. We were talking about the quarterbacks in the NFC North and wondering about their respective quarterback ratings this season and that he's found some interesting stuff that might surprise you and uh, i might get the people out there so uh have a think about fields cousins Goff, and rogers who's got the highest or lowest quarterback rating uh, and while you're mulling over that adam archer's question at the nc show is green bay season done after that dismal display does nat now agree with the poll from a couple of weeks ago so we put a poll out on the NC shows a Green Bay making the playoffs. And I think overwhelmingly 75, 80% of our listeners or followers on Twitter. No, they're not making the playoffs. And I said, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. I think they are. I might be revising that position now. Would that game be different if Romeo Dobbs hadn't gone out injured? 
probably a bit they were connecting quite well early on. I thought. Um, yeah, Dobbs. I mean, Dobbs appears to be a good a good draft pick, yeah. and and Rogers is you know seems to trust him a bit. Um, there were a couple of weird. I mean, I, I'm not sure about that Lazard catch that was ruled no catch. Yeah, because he didn't have control. Control of it. To, I agree. To he me, had he to, had possession. I completely and, agree. And you know, and that should be enough to to complete the catch. You know, he had control. He went down. He re- retained possession. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that was that was a, uh, a shady call, funny call. And then he had Hutchinson's play, the Bakhtiari pick, uh, where he was started hit, hitting. Yeah. yeah. And and I love the way that they were saying, oh, you know, he great reading. He anticipated. He didn't anticipate anything. He he <laughs> had a clear view of Rogers, and when Rogers turned and went to throw, he had great reactions, and he went up athletically you know and mm-hmm. got into position and rogers because he had a guy in his face couldn't really float the ball and didn't didn't feel the need to float it because there was nobody behind him and back um but but i mean so that was a great play by hutchinson um back must be gutted he's thought here we go <laughs> and uh, it's on those kind of things they're just not you know they're just not working for the the packers rogers i think now mm. is at the point where he's really trying to force things and, and losing his composure um, mm. rather easily. Yeah. That's uh, a great point. I think that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. And, you know, I, I thought to, you know, credit to Detroit because they haven't been able to stop many teams and, sure. you know, and they and still coughed I, up about 400 yards. 400 yeah, yards. <laughs> yeah. Without them really going to the run game the way, again, mm. you know, they've got their two best, Offensive weapons are are Aaron Jones and Dylan in that order, and they really don't see enough of the ball. Um, and, and particularly after last week when they did load them up a lot. Exactly. They exactly. They've worked it out now, and they go back to this baffling. There was talk, Mike, because uh, inevitably a lot of emphasis on the Packers not making a move at the trade deadline. There was a lot of buzz coming out afterwards, after the event, that, oh, they were trying to make big plays, big moves for a, a number of players and couldn't get the deal over the line. That seems to divide opinion because some people are saying, well, look, they they well, at least they were attempting to do it, but they couldn't pull the deal off. And other people are saying, well, why couldn't they pull the deal off? How, you know, wh- well, why the yeah. sticking point to get Cooks or to get... Uh, they they who, tried to get Claypool. And yeah, offered, Claypool. They, offered like a second, they offered a second and apparently a, a, like a seventh or a sixth. Yeah. But they went with um, Chicago because Chicago's second is going to be higher than green bays well, or, so they, or so they <laughs> yeah, figured exactly yeah <laughs> you know it may not be that much of a difference now um you know you you said you think they'll make the playoffs they've got six losses already mm. they could theoretically squeeze in the playoffs at nine and eight yeah which is not impossible for uh, for them to get to and the schedule um, suggested but i mean i think that yeah the, the problem is, of course yeah. one of the problems is that in their division you know that those other teams aren't the challengers so mm. You know, I think by the end of the season, San Francisco and Seattle are probably both locks there. Yeah. Dallas is probably a lock, um, which means they're probably fighting the Giants. Um, yeah. For, you know, and maybe some, maybe the you know, someone like the Rams could turn it around as well. The Rams are three and five. Um it's 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 not impossible, but the odds are the odds are shrinking with six with six losses at the halfway point. Yeah. Um. The the so the question I I said the top uh, the power ranking in terms of NFC North quarterbacks quarterback rating I should say. Oh. So well, is this is this the ESPN quarterback rating or is it the NFL's oh, passer rating? Very good point, Propo. It is the ESPN that. one. 
It's the ESPN one. Where the numbers are like 60, 70, something yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So who's – I think that takes into account rushing, which means which means fields could be number one. Mm, poker um, face. Otherwise, otherwise, I would say Rodgers is, Rodgers is first, Cousins is second, Goff is third, and Fields is fourth. Okay. So which way what, – what's your final answer? Well, I don't know. I don't know how the SPM one works. So, okay. Well, it does um, – oh, it does include rushing, right? So – yeah, it does include rushing. Yeah, so it does. Yeah, okay. So I'll put it might be Cousins, Fields, Rogers, Goff. I, there's a change, but Goff's, but, Goff's fourth, whatever, right? Okay. Goff's so, fourth, whatever. Oh, poor Jared. Okay. Propo, hit us. Fields first. Jared Goff second. What? <laughs> Kirk, Kirk Cousins third. And Aaron Rodgers coming in 27th, only above. Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, Davis Mills, Mac Jones, and Baker Mayfield is last. That is wow. nuts. If you, the start of the season, you said that Wilson and Rodgers would be in the would bottom be in the five. Bottom. Yeah. My God. Well, that's ESPN. What do they know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, they've got their win pace. Steady that's what. That's weird. I I I know that God, that Goff had a really high completion percentage um, a couple of weeks ago. I know. I just noticed that. Um, in fact, I might have even written it down on one of these. I, I make all these notes and then I lose them and then they come up like three weeks later, um, which is kind of the the story of my life. Um, yeah. Hey, listen, Mike, we've um, hang on. I'm about to put five pounds in the charity uh, box because we've got to get out of Dodge. That's that's been added to the list. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So there we go. Yeah. That's another fiver for our charity. You know uh, what? We got to You know, we got we got to get out of Dodge means. Right. We got to get out of Dodge. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, you know where it comes from, right? Originally, I don't know where it originates from. I just remember it. Well, it's a, it's, it's a take on when the when the sheriff would say, you know, Dodge, I Dodge want City. be out of yeah. town by yeah, you'd be out of town by sunrise or you know, yeah. or, or dead. So that's where gotta get, gotta out get out of Dodge. Yeah, I just I just took it from my dad. I've been saying it all my life. Uh, get out of Dodge. But before we do, you want to talk? Evil. We got to get out. I thought it was we got to get out of Dulwich. We got to Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the it's just the intonation, the inflection, Dulwich. Um. We got to get a dodge, another five roll. We got to keep a tally of this. But you want to talk Eagles? I have a question for you about the Eagles. I am Mike. Given everything we've talked about on this show and indeed the last the entire season about the the NFC and the uh, the cluster in the NFC of a bunch of indifferent teams or teams that flatter to deceive, how much better are the Eagles than everybody else right now? Um. The one thing they probably lack is the explosive quality that Kansas City and Buffalo have. But they're, I think they've got more explosion on defense than Buffalo does. Buffalo's kind of a sit-back, force you to make mistakes defense, and Kansas City's more of a gambling kind of defense, um, which worked really well against Tennessee at the end of the game when Tennessee had had to throw the ball and they made life very difficult for um, Willis. Um, offensively, like I said, what's what's really impressed me in the last couple of weeks is how they've mixed up their offense, um, mm. involve different people, run run different situational situational things um they brought a lot of motion into the game last week uh guys going back where they had used very little up till then i think they don't want to get stereotyped as a kind of run first team mm. with jalen hurts being a potential you know the potential runner they they want to get away they want to make other threats 
put other threats in defensive coordinators' minds, which gives them, you know, those. And, you know, it's not just A.J. Brown. Devonta Smith is, you know, is is a deep threat kind of player. You know, Goddard is now, I think, one of the best handful of tight ends in the league. Yeah. Um, you know, probably not as explosive as say Andrews. I mean, Kelsey's number one, Andrews is probably number two, but Goddard is up there with guys like Kittle Hard Knox and, you know, one or one or two others. Uh Kittle's been very quiet this this season. Um I don't think he's he's up to the level he was two two years ago. Um and and their real strength is in the trenches on both sides of the ball. They've they've built, you know, a really solid, big offensive line that lets them do stuff like in the Andy Reid days uh, behind that. And they've got a, a really good front and they went out and got another pass rusher just in case, you know, they need that pass rush in big games. So Quinn, Quinn joins them. You know, but but they're hugely sad. And they they haven't had Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis has been on IR. So when mm-hmm. he comes back, that inter- interior rotation becomes both better rested and more dangerous because Davis is an amazing athlete, you know, um, to have to have in the middle of, of your front. And Hargrave, I, I, Hargrave I, I don't know why the Steelers let him go. I mean, I, well, I understand, you know, cap reasons. You can't put all your cap into your front three. But Hargrave is a really good player. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's mobile as well. If he and Davis are both there at the same time, you know, that's a real handful for people to to have to deal with uh, on the internal line. So, you know, people will continue saying all season long that Philadelphia is, you know, has an easy coast in kind of ride. But all all you can do is win the games um, in front of you yeah. that, that you've got. And and their weak point so far, statistically at least, has been the fourth quarters. But that's because. At this point now, they're they're building up big leads, and then they're you know naturally kind of coasting and giving up a couple of you know the, the what was the score twenty nine seventeen was it against Houston? Mm. You know it it was basically like twenty nine nothing or twenty nine seven for most of the you know it's like it's like you know the, the game was over and 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 there it goes. So I really yeah, like twenty nine seventeen was the final. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if the Eagles get beat right now. I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee beat them mm. when they play Tennessee. I forget. I forget when they play it's Tennessee. It's coming up. Yeah. Um, but that's that's kind of the um, that's kind of the game that that I, I would look at where you get a team that can can bring you down. They they play Tennessee on December fourth. So yeah, it's Washington, Indy, Green Bay at home, then Tennessee, the Giants. Dallas, New Orleans, and the Giants. So, I mean, mm. Dallas will be a real test for them on Christmas Eve. Um, the Giants, like Tennessee, could bring them down. That, that those will be interesting games. But I think I think Tennessee might be a game to watch for an upset. Okay, I'll, we'll keep our eyes closely appealed on that. I'm Mike at Carlson Sports. It's how you follow the big man on Twitter. Mike Carlson FMTE is the Patreon column. Mike, is that yeah, what happens? What happens slash. if I move? Mike Carlson FMTE. Yeah. What happens if I move to Mastodon? Well, from Twitter, are you thinking about it? Yeah. I mean, you and Elon are like this. I thought you'd, be, <laughs> you'd get a free, you wouldn't have to pay for your verified ticket. You get it free on Mike. Uh, I don't yeah. know. That's I mean, Elon, Elon is loan. You know, mm-hmm. you can, and make an anagram as an anagram for loan. <laughs> <laughs> he might be the way he's taking Twitter right now. It might be all over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
how come a guy can have so much money and not be smart? Yeah. <laughs> That's a question for next week's show. Uh, look after yourself. Brilliant work, big man. Uh, you too, man. Say hi to Big O. We'll do. <laughs> we'll do. We'll see you, Mike, uh, next Monday. Take care, bud. Legendary stuff, of course, from Iron Mike. Keep your questions coming in. We appreciate all of you who fired them in over social at the NC show, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Shout out TikTok crew. And we're back. Jay Bell in the house Wednesday. Yeah, Jay Bell. Looking forward to catching up with him, Propo, and of course the Guru Sandrini for Edge Rush and FFS, respectively. Four more episodes rolling your way. So if you haven't already, subscribe to us. If you're brand new to the show, it's great to have you with us. Spread the word as well. If you've got five minutes, 30 seconds, I'm not sure how long it takes, quite frankly, go leave a review, whichever pop platform you listen to us on. We really appreciate that. Helps spread the word. Helps us with our sponsors. All that jazz. We'll see you Wednesday for J-Belt. Bye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.